Good morning, I'm Mike Peterson, and welcome to a special edition of This Week in KMA Land, featuring a preview of Tuesday's general election races. Today we'll look at some of the key congressional and legislative races, featuring highlights from our recent Meet the Candidates interviews on KMA's Morning Line program. Iowans will decide some hotly contested races in Tuesday's election, including the governor's race between Republican incumbent Kim Reynolds and Democrat challenger Deidre Jajir. Then there's some compelling matchups for the U.S. Senate and some congressional seats that could decide control of Congress. For example, there's the U.S. Senate matchup in Iowa, where Republican incumbent Chuck Grassley seeks an eighth term. Grassley says the economy is a major focus on his campaign, he says cutting government spending is the way to lowering inflation in the country. You don't make the mistakes of the past, and then you try to get a, uh, a sound fiscal policy. Uh, don't spend the money that has been spent over the last two years. Grassley's challenger, Michael Franken, won the Democratic nomination over two other opponents in the June Iowa primary. Like other candidates, Franken is focusing on the economy in this campaign. Franken says the Democrats must do a better job of touting bills passed under the Biden administration, such as the Inflation Reduction Act, the American Rescue Plan Act, and the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill. I was Obama's legislative person in the Pentagon, and I also worked in the Bush administration in the front office at the cabinet level. We've been trying, our nation's been trying to put an infrastructure bill through for 30 years. And finally, they did it. Uh, in a bipartisan manner. Chuck Grassley voted for it. This was landmark legislation. Another big race is in Iowa's 3rd Congressional District between incumbent Democrat Cindy Axney and Republican Zach Nutt. Axney won her first term in the U.S. House of Representatives by defeating Republican incumbent David Young in November 2018. She was re-elected two years after defeating Young in a rematch. Young says she's seeking a third term in order to continue to be a voice for Iowa in Congress. When I got to that first vote that I took and saw how many folks came from California and how many came from Florida and Texas and New York, I mean, these are 40, you know, 30, 40 folks from these states. I said, my gosh, I'm going to have to be the voice of 10 representatives to get this job done for Iowa. And every step of the way, I've done that. And I've realized that if we want to get what we need here in Iowa, we've got to have the loudest, proudest voices those who will work with anybody and make sure that we get these bills across the finish line. If re-elected, Axney says she'll work to address health care issues such as lowering prescription drugs for all age groups. As grateful as I am that we got that done for our seniors, we've got to make sure that we're lowering the cost of prescription drugs for everyone across the board. I'm real tired of hearing folks say they can't afford their prescription drugs and, and pay their electric bills. That is not the country that we should be living in. So when those prescription drugs are gouging us, We've got to address that. Currently a state senator, Nunn defeated two other challengers to win the 3rd District's GOP nomination in the June Iowa primary. Foreign policy is a major focus of his campaign. Nunn says foreign policy mistakes by the Biden administration have created an energy crisis in the country. When we allow autocrats, whether those autocrats be in Moscow or Beijing, or as we're seeing today in Tehran, in the country of Iran, that has a ripple-on effect to our entire economy and becomes a direct threat to farmers being able to get fertilizer at reasonable prices or for the cost of diesel. You know, we only have 23 days left of diesel reserve left in the country right now, 
That stops farmers in the fields, it stops trucks on the roads, it stops trains delivering food to all of our communities. Nunn believes Iowa's regional approach to mental health issues is a model for nationwide services. He also supports new innovations for health care and price transparency for prescription drugs. That means making sure that your local pharmacist has not only access to telemedicine, like we did here in Iowa, but you truly know the cost of what both the patient and the provider, or the doctor in this case, are paying so the insurance companies can't run away and jack up prices well beyond what the cost of drugs are. Another big race is in Iowa's 4th Congressional District, which now includes Fremont Mills and Pottawatomie counties under redistricting following the 2020 census. Republican Randy Feenstra is seeking his second term in the U.S. House. In June of 2020, Feenstra won a primary race against incumbent Steve King for the 4th Congressional District's Republican nomination, then defeated Democrat J.D. Scholten in the November general election. Feenstra says he seeks a second term in Congress in order to be a voice for the region. We're really spending a lot on, on gas, I mean, whether it be a family, whether it be a business or, or producers of diesel. Um, we have to make sure that we become energy independent, and we, we can do that right in our own backyard. I mean, uh, my fourth district, we're number one in the country, probably in the world, with ethanol and biodiesel production. And that is the cleanest form of energy, and that has to be used. If re-elected, Feenstra says his top goal is to make the U.S. energy independent and promote the use of ethanol and biofuels in the country. We're really spending a lot on, on gas, I mean, whether it be a family, whether it be a business or, or producers of diesel. Um, we have to make sure that we become energy independent, and we, we can do that right in our own backyard. I mean, uh, my fourth district, we're number one in the country, probably in the world, with ethanol and biodiesel production. And that is the cleanest form of energy, and that has to be used. Feenstra faces Democrat Ryan Melton, living in Nevada with his wife and two sons. Melton manages a Fortune 500 company with 19 employees. Melton says he made his decision after Schulten opted against a third campaign. My initial interest was more of, oh, I wonder who's going to run next, not thinking it would be me. But by January of this year, a name still hadn't uh, solidified. And so there was a real risk that a Democrat was not going to be on the ballot in this race. And so my wife and I had a conversation and decided that that just was not acceptable, that uh, we needed to have someone on the ballot uh, representing our values and amplifying the voices of those who normally go unheard. Melton's campaign focuses on three top-line issues. In addition to supporting public education, he's also concerned about proposed carbon sequestration projects. Melton opposed the use of eminent domain to acquire property for carbon pipeline projects. I don't believe that it's an intended use of it. I also just, am, with my values, I'm not in favor of using uh, an instrument that takes land away from private landowners to enrich corporations. And Brian Jack Holder is back as a Libertarian candidate, this time in the 4th District, which now includes Pottawatomie County under redistricting. This is Holder's 5th congressional campaign, having lost as an independent, then Libertarian to David Young in 2014 and 2016, and as a Libertarian to Cindy Axney in 2018 and 2020. Holden says uh, running for a different district is a unique experience. You know, it was a challenge to get on the ballot with the redistricting uh, coming so late because of COVID. I wasn't able to petition to get on the ballot as a libertarian, so I had to form my own uh, Liberty Caucus and conducted a caucus across uh, 
18 of the 36 counties in the 4th just to uh, secure ballot access. But we were successful. Voters in Missouri, meanwhile, have some important races to decide. Two familiar combatants square off in Missouri's 6th Congressional District. Seeking his 12th term in the U.S. House Representatives, Republican incumbent Sam Graves was first elected to Congress in 2000. As a lifelong Atchison County resident and a longtime Tarkio area farmer, Graves says he wants to continue representing northwest Missouri in Washington. My family, we've been farming for six generations in uh, in North Missouri, and it's a very hard industry to represent unless you have lived it and are a part of it. And I'm back here every single week, so I understand, uh, I understand those issues, whether it's crumbling roads or it's rural broadband, rural health care. Uh, I live those every single day in the district, and I understand them, and, and so that's why I'm, I'm asking the folks in North Missouri to give me another term. Graves says improving rural infrastructure is particularly important for area farmers. Those rural areas, time and time and time again, end up being forgotten about, and it's the influence that comes from a lot of our urban areas that, you know, with the pushback to make sure or, or to try to uh, steer those dollars into urban areas. So we got to pay attention to our rural areas. Graves' challenger, Democrat Henry Martin, lost a in the 2018 general elections. Martin says he's running again because of the need for public service in the 6th District. Mr. Graves seems to serve a partisan agenda before he serves the people, and uh, I believe that the people deserve better. It's a vacuum. We need people in Washington who believe a handful of things. One, that government can work uh, to make people's lives better, and two, that will put uh, the needs of the constituents above a partisan agenda. Martin says he's focusing on certain issues in this campaign. Those are health care, uh, because no American family should go broke with the onset of a major illness or injury. The Affordable Care Act was a good start, but there were things in there that have kind of sabotaged the bill over time. Then there's justice, because our criminal justice system uh, should represent more than just the words equal justice under the law. That, that should not just be words that we're saying, but words with action. And eyes will also be focused on Missouri's big U.S. Senate race between Eric Schmidt and Trudy Bush Valentine. Redistricting following the 2020 census created some interesting races for Iowa legislative seats. Two candidates square off in the Iowa Senate's 9th District, which covers Adams, Cass, Montgomery, Page, Ringgold, and Taylor counties, plus all but the northeastern section of Union County. Republican incumbent Tom Shipley was first elected to the Iowa Senate in 2014 following Hubert Hauser's retirement. Now seeking a third term in the Iowa Senate, Shipley says he's running for re-election in order to give the state house a rural voice. I think people understand that I'm going to represent the people in my district or give them a voice in critical issues and uh, especially along the line of education funding. And so I, I still like to keep doing that. Shipley's opponent, Trip Narup, won a Democratic nomination in a convention this summer. Narup says he's running for the state house in order to give voters a choice this election. When I, I went to vote in the primary, I realized I had nobody to vote for. I thought, well, you know, somebody, somebody should do something about this. And, you know, I kind of looked in the mirror and said, well, I guess it ought to be me. Two candidates are also running in the Iowa House's 17th district, covering the southeast portion of Page County, all of Taylor, Ringgold, and Adams counties, and a portion of Union County. Shenandoah High School alum Devin Wood won the Republican nomination by 90 votes over Paul Dykstra in the June primary. If elected, Wood says she'll concentrate on economic development opportunities, including continuing the push to expand rural broadband services. 
done at the Capitol has really helped a lot of our smaller communities with the broadband work. There's still some places to go where um, we do not have full coverage down here as far as access to adequate internet goes. That's something that's been affecting in a roundabout way a lot of different aspects, and that's not the only issue. Democrat Pat Shipley is currently mayor of Nottoway and was nominated in a special Democratic convention this past summer. Shipley says the timing is right for her to run for the state house. This time it was a new configuration of the House district. There was not an incumbent and decided that the voters needed to have a choice. And so I decided that it was time to let them have a choice and that I could be that choice. There's also a contest in the Iowa House's 19th district covering half of the city of Council Bluffs. After originally falling short of the necessary signatures for the June primary due to redistricting, Republican incumbent Brent Sechrist won the 19th District's GOP nomination in a special convention in July. Sechrist says his desire to serve motivates him to seek re-election. I have a desire for public service. I think a lot of good things have happened in Iowa with both Democrats and Republicans, and I just thought that I could continue to offer something there. And So there are some issues such as education, natural resources, our park system and things like that that I wanted to help address and uh, made that run again and, and tried to do as best I could the last years. Sechrist faces Democrat Elizabeth Christensen, who won the Democratic nomination over Vergari Sanford in the June primary. Speaking on a recent edition of Morning Line, Christensen says she's running for the state house because it's time for a younger person like her to serve. If elected, Christensen has three goals. Transparency in property taxes, which should help lower our property taxes. A ranked choice vote, because we deserve more representation. And then also, frankly, getting other people to run for office. And I'm doing that by being transparent about the process and encouraging others. Because, as I mentioned, we, we do need more representation. Simple as that. Voters in Missouri must also decide in some important legislative races. One seat up for a vote is in Missouri's 12th state Senate district, which covers most of the state's northwest region, including Atchison, Ottaway, Holt, Gentry, and Worth counties in KMA land. Republican Rusty Black of Chillicothe is running for the Missouri Senate, currently held by Dan Hegeman, who's stepping down due to term limits. Black told KMA News he and his wife decided he should run for the Missouri Senate in order to continue serving northwest Missouri. Being in Jeff City and working to advocate for people, something that both of us have done for a long time. So whenever the districts were redrawn in Missouri and put Livingston County back into the Northwest District, because we'd spent 10 years kind of in a central district in our state, we chose to try to do this. We thought it was something else that we could get back to the people of Missouri and, and we hope we can do a good job. Democrat Michael Bomley has worked as a network and security administrator at the Kawasaki Motors Maryville plant. Bomley says he's running for the Missouri Senate because he's concerned about the exodus of young people from northwest Missouri. Let's just say over the last 20 years, I've had a lot of my friends kind of move away. Most of these are, are friends with degrees, highly educated. I've had some family move away as well. And not a whole lot of people staying in the area. I'm just kind of slightly frustrated in that. I feel like the smaller communities especially have been hurt the most over the last 20 years, and there hasn't been a lot to really revitalize them or, or help them grow. There's also a contest for the Missouri House's first district seat, a position currently held by Alan Andrews, who is stepping away from the legislature due to term limits. Republican Jeff Farnan is a 15-year member of the Jefferson C. 123 School Board, currently serving as president. Farnan and his wife of 33 years have five children and three grandchildren. 
Farnan says his legislative campaign is based on core values. You know, I want to make sure that they have the same liberties and rights that we currently have. You know, I want them to be able to go to safe schools. I want them to grow up in, you know, safe neighborhoods with fully funded police, you know, in case there's ever a problem. And, you know, I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment, so I wanted to... I want to ensure, you know, that in the future, when they're, my grandkids are older, that they're able to buy guns and keep guns. Farnan's opponent, Democrat Jennifer Piper, has worked as an instructor for 16 years, most recently in the Maryville R2 School District, teaching American literature to high school students. Piper says she decided to run for the legislature because of the underfunding of K-12 schools and other issues arising from the GOP's control in Jefferson City. I started looking around and seeing what was going on with schools, Um, being defunded and teachers being grossly underpaid and several of our state services really suffering under uh, a GOP supermajority for 20 years and we often didn't have even a Democrat on the the ballot. So I decided if nobody was going to do it, then I would step up and do it and that's how I got here. The races for county offices are few and far between this election. One impromptu race is developed for Fremont County Recorder. Republican incumbent Tara Berry currently serves as the recorder after the Board of Supervisors appointed her in August following the passing of Jennifer McAllister. An Omaha native and 2002 graduate of Westside High School, Berry has lived in Fremont County with her husband Curtis for more than 10 years. Together, they have two children. Berry previously served as deputy recorder from 2018 until her appointment to recorder earlier this year. Berry says she has been adjusting well to the new role. Taking classes and going to meetings and reaching out to other recorders to help me when in need. But I love the job. I love meeting new people every day, learning new things, and it's hard to pass up working with the public. I enjoy it very much. Mary says she greatly enjoys working with the various history books associated with the job and returning to her family's roots. All the books and the old literature and deeds and everything was just very intriguing to me. I love when someone comes in and we have to trace back the history because you're pulling out all of those books and reading all of the history that we have. My great-grandpa was actually born in Fremont County, so it was fantastic to come back to his roots. Barry faces writing candidate Andrea Clark, a 1985 Sydney graduate. Clark spent 17 years with the Fremont County Veterinary Clinic, handling various bookkeeping and management duties. She also owned and operated her own cosmetology business for three years. Clark says she chose to throw her name into the ring based on her financial and bookkeeping background. I was approached by several people in the community that thought that this would be a very good fit for me um, because of my background. And I agreed. I have a lot of, of knowledge in bookkeeping and accuracy and knowing that you need to be reliable and working with other offices within the courthouse as far as the auditor and assessor and being accurate in um, those tasks. And Clark says she hopes to continue the work of the previous recorders in increasing the office's transparency and efficiency. And maintaining accurate records, keeping the budget under control and where it's at so as to not to raise any taxes for um, people in the community. And uh, again, like I say, just the the accuracy and working with the other offices and and making it a pleasant environment. The winner of Tuesday's election would then serve a full four-year term. That wraps up this special edition of This Week in KMA Land.
And a reminder to find out who wins these races and others. Tune into Election Night in KMA Land Tuesday evening. We'll have results on all major local races in the region, as well as interviews of the winners. And ABC's wall-to-wall election coverage will keep you up to date on all the national races. That's Election Night in KMA Land Tuesday evening at 7 on KMA. This Week in KMA Land is a presentation of KMA News.